Hey, this is Jason Bertides from 97.5 The Fanatic and the Stick to Hockey podcast. And you're listening to the drunkest, craziest motherfuckers this side of the Mississippi. Corner Pub Sports. Corner Pub Sports. We'll do it live! Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Corner Pub Sports coming at you live here on a Friday night on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We thank you guys for joining live. And, of course, as always, if you're downloading, we thank you very much. If you're downloading on iTunes and Stitcher and what is that? Satchel. Satchel and all those places, Spotify, all those places. We thank you so much. It's Gary and Sean here tonight, just us tonight. Yeah, the part-timers are part-time again. That's right. Um, but uh, we, have an, we have a full show for you tonight. Jason Martinez will be joining us in about 12 minutes. because and, and I'm telling you, this was booked before this all went down today. Yes. Chuck Fletcher is out. As yeah. the general manager of Philadelphia. Yeah, right. Well, what we were expecting to be a slow week in sports with this week, and you know, in Philadelphia, and there's there's a lot of headlights, yeah. headlines, headlights, everything. <laughs> headlights. There's, yeah. there, there's a lot of there's a lot of big news in sports this week in Philadelphia. Yeah. So he'll be joining us in about uh, like I said, about twelve minutes. So looking forward to having Jason back on with us. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be good conversation. Um, not, not ten, not eight, not not fifteen. Not twelve. 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 <laughs> twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Uh, of course, tonight is brought to you by SpectreSportsArt.com. Go over to SpectreSportsArt.com and use Corner Pub Sports 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Uh, if you're looking for a gift for yourself, for a friend, for your neighbor, your neighbor's dog, whatever, a sports <laughs> fan in your life, he's got awesome, awesome stuff over there. Um, we also have a couple announcements next week. Next Friday is going to be an awesome one. We're going to be at the relief room. It's going to be awesome. St. Patty's Day at the pitchers, the pitchers. Uh, but I, I forget what I called it. The pitchers' potty. That's what I called it. St. Patty's Day at the pitchers' potty, uh, relief room. Uh, Matt Edwards is hosting us at his place. Um, if you don't know, it's a relief. It's a bathroom dedicated to relief pitchers in Philadelphia Phillies history. It's glorious, and I cannot wait. We've been trying to do this for a couple of years now. We finally. Uh, pulled the trigger, and we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have some special guests calling in. Uh, obviously, put two and two together. We're at the relief room, Phillies relief pitchers. You're not gonna want to miss it. Yeah, or the owner of Scott Tissue's calling in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Joey One Ply. Yeah. Uh, but you uh, can't spare one square. <laughs> And then, of course, on April 7th is our uh, anniversary show. Uh, so we're going to be at Naked Brewing Company in Huntington Valley. It is open to all. Um, 51 Buck Road, come on out. We have some prizes, autographed items, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, you can be part of the podcast. It's always an open forum. If you come out live, you want to talk on the on the air, we, we welcome you. You can jump on and, and talk, and it's a lot of fun. Enjoy it. Everything's uh, better when you're naked. That's right, and they might have some uh, some uh, food. I'm not sure, but uh, great beers, uh, great spot, cozy little spot, man. So uh, come on out on April 7th. It's not cutting the grass. I want to. I wouldn't suggest cutting the grass while you're naked. No, and um, <clears throat> it's funny you said something about uh, cutting the grass there. Uh, I learned a lesson. I learned a, a really tough lesson this week. Um, 
you should uh, you should never ask your wife where dinner is while she's cutting the grass. You should never do that. That was a bad idea. Very bad idea. Um, on May 21st, <laughs> on May 21st, we were having Corner Pub Sports Day. Or have, or have neighbors yelling about hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. On May 21st, Sunday, at the Cubs, Phillies Cubs at Citizens Bank, it's Corner Pub Sports Day. We are having an, an outing at the ballpark. Uh, hit up cornerpubsports at gmail.com for tickets, $27 a piece. Behind home plate, we're up, you know, but we're at behind home plate. Come hang out with us, idiots. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, we're going to get a shout out on the scoreboard and everything. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get a couple beers bought for you. Who knows? All right, so let's get at it before our guest joins us. Because speaking of baseball, I think we should start off with that. Because um, I figure we can knock that out of the way before we talk about the Flyers. Sounds good. Uh, the Phillies down in spring training, and we have some concerns. We have some concerns. Um, two arm injuries. Let's not get too over concerned. Let's not. It's spring fucking training. You, you, and there was no guarantee that the kid was going to be well, on the, on the rotation anyway. You're trying to calm me down? Is that what you're trying to Yes. Do? Yes. Like, there was no – he's 19. Like, there's no guarantee he was going to make – was, He was going to make I'll the starting ro- rotation anyway. Okay. Like, if he would have made the uh, – as a fifth starter, I, that would have been positive. I think he would have made the team. Yes. But there was no guarantee that he was going to. Well, Bailey Falter is now going to be taking his spot to start well, the season. I mean, that's, that's a solid fifth so, starter. So, the, the, what was it, a sprained UCL yes. in his elbow. So, it's uh, it's a sprain, but they're they're saying it's a, technically a, a slight tear in his elbow. That injury could turn out ending up being Tommy John. It could, but they're optimistic that he does not need surgery, that all he needs is a little bit of rest. And, and Andrew Painter said it's mild. He said it's very mild. It's just a little discomfort. Well, so, well, you know, like he's 19, okay? He's a big guy. He throws 99 miles an hour. Mm. He's having – like he's at the point now where his body is not fitting his arm. Mm. And he'll get to that point. If you remember years ago, like there was a guy that had the same issue before he came into the MLB, mm-hmm. Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. He was the same type pitcher, same t- tall guy. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, you know, for sure. I, I think you, you definitely have, you definitely raised a good point there. Uh, now I'm flying solo for a second. Gary has something to take care of. He has to get his food. Um, but no, he, he's got a good point there, you know, trying to fill out. And the fact that I'm not that concerned because they don't seem to be concerned. And Andrew Painter doesn't seem to be concerned. You know, he's basically said, ah, it's mild. The other, the other arm injury that occurred, uh, this week happened at the World Baseball Classic. Uh, that Ranger Suarez was actually called back from uh, the the World Baseball Classic. He was called back, and and he's having arm troubles as well. Um, so now that's two. You know, well, Ranger Suarez would have been a starter, and and, and Painter had a potential, you know, potential uh, chance to become a starter. So two potential starters are now having issues, and that's that's not good. I mean, this this is this is a bit of a concern. I'm 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 a little I'm a little upset about this. Uh, I'm a little concerned about this, I guess I should say. This is um I, I just hope that this is a not a sign of things to come. Um because you know, we got we got pretty lucky last year. Um I don't I don't care what you wanna what you wanna call it. I, the Phillies got in as as the extra wild card team. You know, their their pitching really came around towards the end of last season. 
the bullpen definitely came around towards the end of last season. You know, all those things combined, um, you know, you had the offense going the entire season. But one thing that you really did escape last year were injuries. And now we're, we're you know, two, three weeks in to the real games being played uh, at spring training, and now we're having arm troubles. Uh, bit of a concern. So I don't know how concerned everyone else is about it, but, you know, and look, I'm not saying this stuff's contagious. You know, one thing leads to another, dominoes, domino effect possibly. Uh, but it's just it's, – it's that too-good-to-be-true thing. And it, maybe it's the Philadelphia mentality where there's that too-good-to-be-true thing happens where, you know, you feel a certain way about something and everything else falls, you know. I don't know if that's the case. But it, it feels that way for sure. So um, I don't know. Gary, I mean, you know – Thanks for joining me. He had a very important stop. He had to get his pizza. Uh, you know, are you concerned? About the Phillies? About the, the fact that there's two injuries to start in pitching now. Not now. No. 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 Not concerned. I just, I just raised the point um, while you were away um, that, you know, last year we kind of we skied through. We didn't, we didn't have these injuries. You know, I mean, Wheeler had a little bit of discomfort at one point last year. He missed a few starts towards the end. But aside from that, no one was really concerned about that. That's uh, because they didn't have pitchers in place. They got they got they got a, they got a nice amount of pitchers. This more more this year than they did last year. Okay. All right. If you're not concerned, you know, I don't know. I, I, I am. I am. I I just think I think we got lucky last year, man. Honestly, and now here we are. I mean, let your starting pitchers go more than five innings if they're mm-hmm. able to. Like there was there was uh, multiple games where Wheeler was able to keep going and they pulled him. Mm-hmm. Like don't do that. If he's able to keep pitching, let him pitch. Yeah, but now you're contradicting yourself because what? you're you're saying you're not worried about the start and pitching having their problems and having injuries, but now you want them to pitch longer. Oh uh, yeah, good point. Good Can't point. Have it both ways. Yeah, you know I I don't know. Yeah, I want my cake and eat it too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I I'm sorry. I know we're kind of rushing through this, but I I want to hit these topics before uh, Jason joins us. Um, this was kind of a big, a big deal here. <laughs> Veteran Stadium. So, of course, there's been a uptick in uh, brain cancer with former players, and they all had something in common. They all played at the vet. And a report, actually, I think Cross and Broad, if I'm not mistaken, Cross and Broad kind of um, released this. Oh, I'm sorry, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the Cross and Broad uh, retweeted it and reposted it and everything. Uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer published a full-scale investigation into the veteran stadium turf after six former players, all played on the field, died of rare brain cancer. They brought in a couple slabs of the turf from eBay that were part of the field. Actually, they could have borrowed some of mine. I have a slab. <laughs> I have it hanging up on the wall slabs. back here. Slabs. <laughs> uh, uh, it's part of, of the field from 77 to 81. Okay, I have a problem with this because players like David West didn't play that late and 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 Darren Dalton wasn't on the team playing at the vet during Not that then. time frame and they changed the vet turf since that point all right mm-hmm. but regardless tests were ran on two of the samples by Eurofins Lancaster Laboratories environmental testing and they found that the turf contained 16 different types of PFAS or per and polyfluorocal <laughs> substances I don't even know how to read it so-called forever chemicals <laughs> which the EPA has said causes adverse health effects and that can devastate families. Uh, but here, 
I'm gonna, I'm, fat ass side. And I'm going to read this because this is from, like I said, Crossing Broad. And this, I'm, I'm not paraphrasing. This is in the article from Crossing Broad. The vet was green, fuzzy, and full of poison. It would be like the fanatic's dick if it had an orgy with a couple strippers from the afternoon lineup at Club Versailles. That, uh, but. No wonder he's always sticking his tongue out. <laughs> but all kidding aside, it was, it was way more than a coincidence. It has to be way more of a coincidence. We said that when David West died. It was like, wow, Vukovic, Dalton, David West. Like, oh, my God, this is, this is crazy. Like, they all played at the event. Like, it's, it, it's too much of a coincidence. Uh, Dave Peterson said, when it rains, it pours, but the beauty is it wouldn't rain always there. It's always sunshine after the rain. The pitching picture, pitch picture will work itself out. Okay. I, I know. Maybe I'm being and, – and the Phillies are probably being a little um, careful too. You know, they, wanna, they don't want to risk anything. It's spring training, and they're not going to risk – Social media escalates sure. everything in spring, in spring training. Yeah, like maybe Suarez is fine, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got a little bit of forearm stiffness and soreness. But the fact that they sent him home. They did. That's, they did. I don't like that too much. And then the fact that we waited so long for Painter, yeah, for information. Now, I know, like, earlier this week, like, Jason Stark wasn't concerned. Like, he's like, I know, there's no reason to be really concerned about this. And then the next day is when they came out and said it's a UCL spring. He's 19. Yeah. He's 19. Yeah. Yeah, well. Bunch of childs. Bunch of childs. Um, but back to the vet thing. So are, are, you, like, are you surprised by this? No, because the, way back then when I first started in pest control, I went there and that fuck even the rats. The rats looked like they were fucking. The rats were bald? Like, yeah. Oh. No, they were always wet looking. Ew. They're always wet. Ew. Yeah, yeah, and then bald around the back end. It was, uh, it was just weird. Ew. Yeah, dude, it was weird. Like cancer rats. Yeah, like cancer rats. <laughs> dude, that's so weird. Cancer rats. <laughs> cancer rats. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like, no, they were just they were weird looking. Just oh, weird. Man. That's weird, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I thought to myself, well, maybe they look like that because they ate a little bit of the, the poison that I stepped The cheesesteaks left over on the floor. Ah, no. Yeah. No, no, dude. Like, it was just weird. It was strange. So they were eating the vet turf and then maybe becoming all deformed. Maybe. That was before Tony Luce because I can't blame it on them. Nah, that was before <laughs> that. They didn't have, like, like back then, I don't, I'm, Chickies and Pete's was in the vet back then. They had a Chickies and Pete's because Eric Gregg, he used to umpire. Yeah, I think it was just, like, Chickies and Pete's, like, hot dog vendors. And but they beer, were, like, and, random. And beer. They weren't, like, name brand places. It wasn't. Right. 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 If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to. I mean, this is 20 like years the, ago. Like the advertising was so much different then. Yeah, there wasn't like there wasn't Tony Lou. There wasn't like Pats. There no, was no of those places no, at the that. vet. It was no. like Philly cheesesteak place, yeah. and like that was it was like random yeah. generic places. It right? would just be cheesesteaks, and it was like 700 che- level <laughs> cheesesteaks. Yeah, cheesesteaks, 700 <laughs> level cheesesteaks or something like that. It was like random, but like, yeah, Eric Gregg, who used to umpire for the you know, for Major League Baseball, was the was would would uh, bounce, I guess, or stand outside and greet people. As you went in the Chickies and Pete's. And, um, yeah, and I remember when we had Dykstra on. What about that poor he, bastard that lived there? Like, he lived uh, the, the guy that lived there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there for, like, two and a half years or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, he, he literally was a poor bastard. I yeah. mean, you know, I can't fault him. No, I don't hate him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. That's a great story. It was a great story. Yeah. yeah he was eating, like, you know, 
Yeah, he's picking half a cheesesteaks out of the trash. Cracker Jacks. <laughs> oh, check this out. One thing they're getting rid of at every single ballpark this year, something they sold at every ballpark, they are getting rid of it. Beer. <laughs> oh, duh. That's a perfect segue. Because, you know, I forgot to do this. What did we, uh, what are we drinking? The Guinness. Mm. Drinking the Guinness. All right. Yeah, I'll be ending my, uh, your hiatus. My hiatus next week. St. Patty's Day, I'll be going to the Guinness. Because, you know, why not? But I'm drinking an iced tea and vodka. Ice pick. I'm doing an ice, yeah. I'll show you the bottle. Right there. There you go. Look at the Sixers came back. There you go. Yeah, they did come back. Yeah, they did. <laughs> They're down by six. We were joking around before the show. The, fly, this, the Sixers are down by 19 at halftime. They're down by nine now in the first six minutes of the second half, so. Dave said, uh, what do you say here? He said the, the vet rats were eight cats. The whole place was a mess. The stuff Small they used dogs. to cover the pipes on the ceiling smell like formaldehyde. Uh, oh, that's foul. Small dogs, baby. That's pretty that's pretty foul. But uh they were like trying to that's why like those ruts in the in the turf took place, because they were like they were chewing through it and getting under there, living living in there. It was, you were using the turf as a blanket. Um, so the other thing too, like with the with the um, the turf that's on my wall, I have it in like a case. Should I like hold my breath every time I walk by it? Yeah, it's in a fucking it's in a shadow box. <laughs> All right, so uh, our our guest, I I'm gonna give him a second here to get kind of settled in, but. So uh, now that you look at it, there's a fucking like a tan film. Come on, man! Glass. Stop! Stop! <laughs> no, nah, we're we're good. It's behind glass. We're good. But like I said, I'm gonna hold my breath every time I walk by. I don't I don't want anything happening. So something big happened. And again, you know, this I booked our guest before this happened. It just worked out that way, or maybe I had a pulse. But let's bring him on of the Stick to Hockey podcast, the man Jason Martinez. Welcome back, dude. What's up, boys? How are you, man? What's going on? Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been far too long. It has, Absolutely. man. I, and again, you know, we always uh, we always greatly appreciate you taking the time out to join us uh, on this thing we call Corner Post Sports, man. And uh, I I got a chance to listen to Stick to Hockey today. Uh, yeah, you haven't having Elliot on with you um, was Elliot Freeman on, and uh, you guys do a great job, by the way. Um, oh, you and Anthony do a great job, but. Um, but having him on was, was really cool and, and you guys really attacked this Chuck Fletcher thing. So obviously I guess we should just get right at it, man. Um, yeah. How about that? The flyers stealing the Philadelphia sports spotlight this week. <laughs> yeah. The flyers. Yeah. For at least a minute, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now I didn't listen today. Did, did sports radio in Philly talk about it? I not, did, not I did. much. No, not much. No, it was like, it wasn't no. escalated, but it was all over social media. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, social media is the home of discontent, like, and yeah, there, there's a lot of that. But I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really driving around today anywhere. I was kind of buzzing, getting a lot of shit done here with everything that went down, and I didn't listen to the radio today. I didn't know if the, this was one of those occasions when you know a GM of one of the four majors gets canned. If that was uh, one of those times when they can talk about it, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, not only that, I mean, during the season and right after the trade deadline and. 
Um, you know, one, I got a uh, question here from um, one of our listeners, Phil Mikowski, uh said he wanted to ask you. He couldn't join us live. Um, but he said it was the, was the final straw that that trade deadline was that the reason was that the final straw that broke the camel's back for the firing of Chuck Fletcher? Um, I think that's part of it. That was kind of the latest element of it. I think that they probably had their mind made up before that. Mm. And what I think went into the decision to do it now, as opposed to waiting to the end of the year, because you never like to do it in the season, because it's just it's almost clumsy, mm-hmm. you know. And do you really get any kind of a jump start on your process? Not really. I mean, Chuck took over, I think, on December 3rd, back in 2018, I guess it was. And then a couple weeks later, on December 17th, he fired Dave Hackstall. Mm -hmm. And then they went interim the rest of that year. But, you know, I I think that they kind of knew what they were going to do. They were going to be moving on and moving in a different direction. But based on what happened at the deadline and the vitriol that followed it, um, I, I think for a couple of reasons. One, they didn't want to leave him <laughs> twisting in the wind. Right. You know? Right. Because um, he, is, he is a decent man. He's a good man. Um, I think that's part of it. And, you know, they saw what happened at that um, season ticket holder event last week yeah. when he was brought on stage and booed mercifully, unmercifully, I should say. But, you know, I think that they just decided, okay, we got to do this now. And, you know, sometimes – I'm not a big believer that when the cries are out there to fire somebody, that that's when you do it mm-hmm. because that shouldn't be why you do it. You should do it because it's the right thing to do. But I do think that, you know, some public pressure here definitely played a part and, you know, the fans have a lot of discontent right now. The organization has gone backwards in the last couple of years since that 1920 season, mm-hmm. they were ill-equipped for some reason to handle when the pandemic hit and maybe this all would have happened had a pandemic not hit. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a cap standpoint, they were not in a good position to go to a flat cap world and, and everything that came with it. And they made some very questionable decisions and um, you know, they decided it was time to move on from them and they make the move now and make Danny the interim GM. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to, I think the most interesting thing though, two elements out of the, the press release that went out there, Number one was that they're splitting the GM and the president of hockey operations shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really significant. Now, mm-hmm. why? I think it's significant because try that as the president is dealing with ownership. Ownership wants to know why there's empty seats. And as a GM, you can't worry about empty seats. You have to do what's right from a hockey standpoint. So it almost becomes a conflicted mind. And, you know, you're almost, I don't know what the right word is, but compromised mm-hmm. as a GM if you're the liaison to ownership. Correct. So I think it, that separate person as a president is paramount. Like when Pat Gillick came in, he was that liaison, and they did the right things with the Philly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and was a really important factor in that. Mm-hmm. So I think – you know, that part to me is really interesting. Who's the next president? Is Danny the president and not the GM? Or is he the GM and not the president? Is he neither? We don't know. Right. And then the other part that really jumped out to me was the quote about, you know, it's going to take um, some time and it's got to be done properly. Um, he's in the, in the release, it said that, uh, you know, separating the general manager and president positions is a critical opportunity to bring a new energy accountability and strategic vision to the organization. And then, you know, that, that this is not a quick fix. 
Right. You know, we have never in my lifetime, your guys' lifetime, the lifetime of the organization, gone through a period of time where they said something was not a quick fix. Yeah. Never. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it was funny because last week, well, not funny, but last week we talked about this because I said, cause, you know, Mike, uh, Mike and Ryan aren't here tonight. Obviously, it's a little smaller, smaller panel than you're used to, but uh, – Mike and I were talking about last week, and Mike's like, you know, they stunk like this. Before. I said, no, Mike, they haven't stunk like this for this period of time where there was no end in sight. They never had trouble getting asses into the seat, Sean. No, like, because even like when they were bad, that one, uh, Le Cavier, and then even before that, when they had Forsberg, and they kind of went through a little lull during that time, they still had a light at the end of the tunnel. There was still talent. That was a quick turnaround that time. Right. So, like, you can see things in motion here. I didn't know what was going on. And actually, so initially when I, when I asked you to come on, I was so irate after that deadline because I'm like, you could not move JVR. You couldn't move any of these bigger contracts. Kevin Hayes, obviously he's not in favor of Tortorella for whatever reason. They just, it just doesn't seem that way. You couldn't move on from any of these guys. And now they're going to walk. Well, some are going to walk at the end of the year with nothing, getting back nothing for them. And I'm like, damn, you know, like, what are we doing? Are we are we actually retooling? Are they rebuilt? Like, what's their focus here? And that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, maybe this is a step. And I, I'm, I'm with you guys um, that on stick to hockey. That this is far from the end. I mean, this is just the first bit of the shoe to drop. Like, you know, there's gonna be a lot of it's moves. Like an iceberg, happening. right? Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's an iceberg, and, and most of the icebergs underwater that we don't see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't forget though, this team back in eighty nine ninety went five straight years without making the playoffs. Mm. You believe that? I mean, they yeah. went from eighty nine ninety, didn't make it, and didn't make it again until the ninety four ninety five season. So, right, yeah. you know, they get Lindros, they didn't make it right away, but this, and that was a non salary cap NHL. Right, but I guess it was like Brian. It, Brian Prop was pretty much near the end, right? He was gone. They shipped yeah. him off. They, that was the end of that. That area. was also a different, different style NHL then. Like the NHL oh, totally. was different. But like he just said, like there was no salary cap either. Right. So like, right, you know, you buy your way out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in Philadelphia, you're one of the bigger cities in in NHL, and you couldn't do it. Wow, yeah. How about that? The bottom line is, yeah. if you got empty seats, that's that's empty revenue. You can't have empty revenue. That's going to piss off an organization. You got to do something. Well, you, yeah, you guys brought yeah, it up. And the NHL is a gate-driven league too, Gar. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know the NFL. They make so much money on the on just their TV contract. If they had empty stadiums, it really wouldn't. I mean, it's good money, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, pack seventy thousand people into Lincoln Financial Field or Heinz Field or wherever. Right. But they got so much money coming in because of their TV deals. The NHL is not like that. That is a mm-hmm. gate-driven league. Right. You know, so th- that is a big element, and it, and it's an embarrassing element as well. Because yeah, you, you guys said something about the comp tickets were up by, like, 50% or something, like some crazy number. Like, yeah, this year to last, I think Elliot uh, reported that, that the comps um, that they were giving out were way higher than they were a year ago. And, and the comp and the drop rate and, you know, butts in seats. There's been more butts in the seats this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we, I, maybe that's partly because of they're giving out more comps and more people are showing up. But, you know, and I think the product has been better this year than it was the last two years mm-hmm. um, because of the way Torts kind of runs things and the fact that they do play hard. I mean, I, I'd say like 98, 97 percent of the games this year, they've played hard. They've played with dignity and they've gone out and given a really honest effort. The problem is, is they just don't have enough talent for 
you know, a multitude of reasons, mm -hmm. some of which are directly related to the general manager and some of the decisions that he made. Others are, you know, injuries. And I mean, Chuck had some bad luck along the way. He really did. I mean, he gets that team in 1920 and they're rolling and the pandemic hits and then you get a flat cap and their cap situation wasn't great for a flat cap with the term and players they had. And then, you know, Niskanen retires and then yeah. you, you go out and you get Ellis and you had the whole debacle, which led to Kevin Hayes with Nolan Patrick. Have Nolan Patrick never had the head issues and could play, Kevin Hayes is probably never here and, and that yeah, contract. So, true. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, you know, and like it or not, you know, I was for what Hexy was doing, but he left him a bit of a mess. Mm. And, um, you know, Chuck was not capable of cleaning it up. And you need a general. I, I think Chuck is, he's a highly intelligent man. Grew up in the game. His father's a Hall of Fame GM, Chuck Fletcher, or Cliff Fletcher. And Chuck went to Harvard. He's well-educated. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you're too smart, you can think of all the reasons not to do something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to just put your balls on a, on, a, on a chopping block and, re and go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm making a bold decision. It may be wrong and I'll be fired. But he just didn't make enough of those bold decisions. Yeah, maybe like he was overthinking things. You know, I mean, yeah. what, what did they get? You know, they, you, you trade, you make the one trade, you get a fifth rounder. Um, from McEwen and, and a player like McEwen back, you know, like they're, they're yeah, not, it's just an expiring deal. So yeah, it's like, body, so. so you got a fifth rounder. I mean, that's and then another minor move that was basically it. I'm like, wow, really? All the things you could have done here. That's it. See, I didn't, I didn't expect much though, Sean, at the deadline. I really didn't. Okay, I thought that, the, and to me, even in hindsight, right now, this deadline isn't going to speed up the process at all. No, I mean, no. had they gotten a fourth or a fifth for JVR. What's that, like a 6% chance at a fourth liner <laughs> right? in and, four years? Yeah, right. and, and That's and not going to help. Yeah, and even if you were going to trade one of the bigger contracts, chances are you're going to have to eat some of their deals, right? Like you're going to have to eat some of the contract because no one's going to take some of those deals on, like especially Hayes or like – I mean, there was rumors of TK moving, which I would have been a surprise. Proveroff as well. Proveroff, yeah. But the thing is, is like those deals, that, that's a summer deal because you want to get as many teams in the mix on those as possible. And mm. teams that are going for it and looking to add – they're not looking to add a guy with term because they have to give up a player or some really, really high equity in those those kind of trades. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to lose somebody from their roster, which they're not into doing. And they just don't have the cap space to fit it. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs couldn't fit $6 million into their, yeah, <laughs> into their yeah. you know, cap uh, puzzle. So those deals are more for when a team resets a roster in the summer. Mm -hmm. And those will be revisited. And Kevin Hayes and Provorov and maybe Sanheim and mm -hmm. others. I think everything right now from, you know, I had some conversations today. I think there is not a stone that will not be turned over and evaluated with a very, very keen eye that, you know, we got to get this thing right. They got to move in the right direction. It's enough of this, and it may take some time. Um, I think they have a really good coach and the right guy for the job at the right time because he does not take any excuses. There's no – there is no day off on accountability, and he don't give a fuck who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're drafted in the first round, you're getting paid eight mil, or you're undrafted and you're a fourth liner or whatever. Right, producer shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. that's great. We have t we have two questions from Joe Joe Rufino. Uh, he said, "Did At the room tomorrow, Junior?" Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Formally, yep. Uh, did the booze at the charity event affect his decision in any way? And then the other question was, "Do you have a pinch of Copenhagen in?" Of course I do. Come on, Joe. Joe, you're asking questions you already know the answer to. Of course I do. 
Got the nice, nice Copenhagen camera right here, boys. There you go. There you Brought go. to you by Copenhagen. <laughs> for nice. fucking champs. Absolutely. They um, get that free plug. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, so his question about did the, the booze at the season ticket holder event, yeah. I think they probably maybe just were the last thing. I don't know yeah, that. I, I think that I, was, I think the decision was made, and I thought they saw how it was going, and just said, you know, look, the fans want a body; they deserve a body for what's taking place. Mm-hmm. And I always go back to the scene in The Unforgiven when, you know, you got this docile throughout the whole movie, Clint Eastwood, right, mm-hmm. trying to reform himself and make himself a better man, and he quits drinking. Then all of a sudden, uh, one of his guys gets killed, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see the whiskey bottle drop off the horse into the rain mud and it's empty and now Clint's back right yeah, yeah. and he rides into town and ned his buddy ned morgan freeman's on the on the porch of the bar of buffalo bill's bar and he goes in and he starts fucking shit up and buffalo bill goes you just shot an unarmed man and he said he should have thought about that before he decided to decorate his bar with my friend oh. you need a body once in yeah. a while you want blood and you got it. Yeah, you know what I learned uh, over the last five weeks? I haven't had a sip of beer and hasn't changed me as a person. So I'm, I've been doing some, uh, some. Uh, I, I got a vodka and iced tea tonight, and, and last night I did a Sprite and Jameson. I'm going back to beer next week. So I've learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's why I figured I'd jump in on early with you guys because I figured you'd be too buckled if I Us? We get nowhere in a conversation. What? What are you talking about? We never do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who reported it, and I'm going to get to the Barrera thing, too. Um, I yeah, I was going to say, Barrera's got his work cut out for him. But we've been, I've been reading so much stuff over all this, and, and someone said, someone reported that they heard that this was a decision that was pretty much made in, like, November, December, that they knew they were going to move on from Fletcher. And I'm like, man, I find, a, I find that kind of hard to believe because why don't they just do it, you know? Or were they were – they tr- actually, maybe that's a segue into the Barrera thing because – were they just waiting to see if Briere was ready to take over the interim role? I, I don't know. Like I don't know if you heard that or not, Jason. I, yeah, I didn't hear that. I mean, I mean, look, the team had a 10-game winless kid mm-hmm. earlier in the season in November. I mean, they were shit. <laughs> they, were, they, they weren't scoring more than two goals a game. You know, I always say hockey's a race to four. If you win the race to four, you win the game. Mm-hmm. Get, get the four, kidding me? Get the mm-hmm. two. And yeah. they won some games early on the back of Carter Hart's incredible goaltending. Uh, but then they hit a 10-game skid, and, you know, it was looking like maybe something could happen around that. But then they straightened it out. They pulled the stick on the nose of the aircraft back, got the nose up, played really well from basically December 29th all through the month of January. Mm-hmm. Almost put themselves back into wild-card conversation. Yeah, they were like six or points out or something like five that. Five out, yeah. Five, yeah. And they are beating good teams, and, you know, they took care of the shitty teams, and you know, like San Jose and Anaheim. They, they took care of that, Arizona. But – um and a lot of people thought that that was kind of the reprieve for Chuck. And, mm. But I, I don't know that a decision was made then. Um, I, I think it was – I mean, I think it's been trending in this way. They knew it was coming. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think the decision was made over the last couple of weeks and then that they weren't going to move on. But the, it accelerated up when the deadline happened and the season ticket holder event. And to me, it was very likely going to be just – right after the season, but um, obviously got moved up in, until today. Mm. So the, the Danny Barrera moves in as the interim GM. 
Um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, because that was actually one of the questions, and you already brought it up. Are they going to separate the hockey ops from the uh, general manager position? And then I guess his other question was, you know, who would be the best candidate to fill that role? Um, you know, if, if they're going to separate those two, uh, I don't know if you've heard any names about that, you know, who would take over hockey ops, but. We have your president that will oversee the hockey. So the president will basically, this is how Fareed puts it, the president manages up to ownership mm-hmm. and is the conduit up and the GM and, and he manages down to the GM. Okay. But the GM doesn't manage up to ownership, therefore compromising them. So. You know, if Danny is eventually has the interim tag removed and he's the next GM, I think it is incumbent that he's got a guy there that, you know, can really help him. He's never been a GM of an NHL team. Mm -hmm. Now, I will tell you this. I'll be in full disclosure. I'm very fond of Danny Mm -hmm. from the minute he got here. Super nice guy. I've said it. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before. He is the best guy I've ever covered in my 28 years as a broadcaster. Wow. Um, Just a really good guy good person the whole thing but i'm not gonna let that taint what i'm about to say um he's a guy that when he got done playing he took a i think like a year off after he retired in 2014 with colorado and he came back and he was settling in this area kids here in school and playing hockey and the whole thing and he um when he decided he wanted to get back to work he originally started with the flyers in a business role and he was working alongside sean tilger who was the vice president or president of business operations. He was basically the Valerie Camillo okay. under Ed Snyder and even after Ed had passed away and he was shadowing him and Sean was teaching him all the business ropes of it. And eventually um, Danny moved into the hockey side and he was running the main Mariners, which is an ECHL team that Comcast Spectacor owns, but not a Flyers affiliate. Mm-hmm. So he was running that team. And I was getting ready to tape an episode of Flyers daily with him one day. And we're going back and forth on text trying to figure out time. He goes, well, I can't do it until like three o'clock because I'm going to be in class. I'm like, class, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I went back to school. So I, brought, I ended up breaking that story that he went back to school and went to Penn and went to the Wharton School of Business because oh, okay. he didn't want to do this huh. and not be, you know, have the business acumen. Hmm, huh. You know, most former players, and he made a lot of dough too, by the way, most former players, they're, they're just going to skate on their reputation as a player. Right, right. But he went right. back to school for two years. I mean, imagine you're at Penn. No, I can't because it's too smart for me. But imagine you're in class and Danny Briere comes walking in. What's Danny doing here? Right. So he and he got after it and worked his butt off. He was a finalist last year, one of the final two for that uh, job in Montreal with that mm-hmm. Kent Hughes got with Jeff Gordon as the GM there. And you, so you knew he was on a path to end up being an NHL GM. Wow. Is he going to be a good one? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, and that, that's kind of where I was uh, kind of going to get out here is, you know, he's never been a GM before. Um, however, he does seem to have I – mean, obviously, he's a respected former player, and, and hopefully and – he, and he knows today's NHL, right? I mean, he's he's been around the game more recently. Yeah, he didn't play in the 70s. Exactly. So, yep. so that's bothered me a little bit with the people, oh, former flyer, former flyer. Yeah, okay, true, but he was a former flyer more recently than Bill Barber. You know, who may he, not have he didn't play the Soviet Red Army team. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't, you know, he has a better pulse of what's going on in today's NHL than guys like that, in my opinion. I mean, you know, again, yeah. as an outsider, but, uh, you know, so I think he, he has he has a good chance. And, and I didn't know that about the pen thing. That's, that's very impressive. And the fact that he went to those lengths, he didn't just say, 
I'm Danny Barrera. I could just walk into this job and get it because I'm Danny Barrera. He actually took the initiative. And I got that fuck you money from that big contract. Yeah, hey, right. Like, you know? you know, some of these other guys that you look around the league and you're like, really? Like, I mean, no, no offense. I mean, Elton Brand oh, you know, he, did he a nice his, job, but like he, he, he didn't do it. He just went, played, retired, and became a like he GM put of the his, Sixers. He put his mind to something that he wanted. So why not? Let's, yeah. let's like give him a chance. Yeah, Let, let's see what he, happens. He didn't just want it. He wanted to do it and wait until he was properly prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. And and he put the work in by going back to school to learn the business elements. I mean, the guy's been a hockey player. I mean, he, he, I think he was a really good student growing up and stuff. But, I mean, you miss a lot when, you know, you're a pro hockey player at 19. Mm-hmm. You don't go through the stages of professional development in the business world. So he's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a little light in that area. So he went to Penn and he shadowed people like Sean Tilger and then, Valerie Camillo and other people in the organization. I remember one day we go in and we have our monthly radio broadcast meeting and all of a sudden he's sitting there. I'm like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm getting in on the business side now. I'm like, oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that is pretty but well. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it'll be interesting because as a GM too, you, I mean, Danny's a really nice guy, but you got to be an asshole at times. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready to walk into an arbitration hearing with a player that's a big part of your team and lay out a case as to why, what they're asking for money-wise is a little too uh, little too greedy. Yeah. So you got to have that. And you got to go back and forth with agents and all of those elements. So um, it's, it's going to be an interesting, you know, th- how he handles all that and the pressure of it. Taking over a team that needs a lot of work and it's got a lot of question marks, we'll see what he's surrounded with. Um, I think one of the things that's for sure, Sean, is, is that, you know, one of the things during Chuck Fletcher's tenure um, and wasn't during Hexy's tenure because Hexy cut everybody out, which is one of the reasons why he was fired. But there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of influences, a lot of people in his ear. And I think that that's going to be streamlined in a very big way. And, and we're obviously talking about, you know, the alumni guys, the advisors, you know, Bob Clark, Bill Barber, Paul Holmgren, you know, I, those guys make decisions, but they are advisors. And I think they did have influence. And I think that that part of the equation will be streamlined as well. Mm-hmm. Very carefully, but yeah. So we got a question here from uh, Ryan. It feels like the ownership is only worried about the bot. Sorry about that. Let me bring up uh, Gary, too. There you go. Gary was getting food. I took him off for a second. Uh, <laughs> it feels like the ownership is only worried about the bottom line. Do you think this ownership will do what's needed to turn it around? Well, look, every business is worried about the bottom line. <laughs> you know, that's what, it is a that's what the point business. is to be a, to be yeah, an ownership of a business. business. Yeah. yeah. If you weren't worried about the bottom line, I go, I don't want that person owning my team because they're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you in this to lose money. But look, the ultimate way to make money is to put a winner mm-hmm. in play, you know, right. winning, you know, Torch just said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, People aren't going to show up for gimmicks and giveaways and whatever. And I think he was taking a veiled shot at Gritty. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. The way you get your fans in the building, it was right after the Ranger game, after all those Ranger fans were there. Yes. The way you do that, win. and he said, it's our fault. You know, the reason why all those Ranger fans is because we haven't given our fans a reason to want to get down here. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. way you do that is really simple. Put a winner on the ice. Yes. Build yeah. it properly with integrity and put a winner on the ice. And they'll show up. They yeah, winning, a winning team will put asses back in the seats. Yep. An entertaining product, an honest product, and one that, you know, is going to win 
Absolutely. Look, when the Sixers went through the process, there was nobody in that building. Yeah. I remember when I was doing the show with Mikey Miss, we'd go on StubHub and we could buy a row of tickets in the lower level for like 19 bucks. Yeah. Not two tickets, a row for 19 yeah, I, total. I sat a uh, whole row. I sat courtside for like 25 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Courtside seats. It's crazy. You could have got in there as a point guard. They were so bad. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> yeah, Cannon, you know Isaiah Cannon. All the oh my god. Oh, oh, yeah, Cannonball. Oh yeah, it's so bad. Oh man, is that not the truth? Like, I mean, I mean, for, like we forget because we're now we're now we're bitching because they're you know they're a playoff team and they might not be a good enough playoff team. You know that's what we're bitching about now. And, yeah, but the Flyers yeah. here. This is this has been a really rough stretch. Um, one of the roughest stretches I can remember, at least, I guess when they were bad, like we were bringing up back in 89 or so, uh, I was, you know, I was eight years old then. So, like, you know, I, I knew what hockey was. You know, I remember, I'm trying to think, it was like Brent. Different world now, It was like Brent Fettick. It was like Brent Fettick on that team, like, back back then in, like, the 90s, you know? Well, he yeah. was on the original Crazy Eights line with Eric Lindros. Okay, so that was before that then. Yeah. Before Lindros, Recky, and Brent Fedek was Brent 18, Fedek. Wow, 88 yeah. and 8. Yeah, okay. before the Legion of Doom. Hmm. Okay, so that was, yeah, it was 93 or 94 then, yeah. All right, so that was yeah. before that, or after that, I should say. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. Like, But anyway, um, Murray, Murray Craven. There you go. Murray Craven. Murray Craven. Well, Crafty was a good player back <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. 32. Yeah, but I, I guess that was during his era, I guess, and you know, guys like that and – God, yeah, it was man. a transitional era, and they just lost their way. I guess I don't know. I don't even recall what happened, which which obviously precipitated what they did. You know, they draft Forsberg and and mm. that whole draft, and then they make the big deal to acquire Lindros, and then they go on that path, lead you to a '97 Cup final, and you know, ultimately we know how you know Eric's tenure as a player ended here. Yeah, his name has been brought up as a president option. Yeah, you know, I heard that. It's which, uh... I, which I don't think is an option, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I'd be surprised if that's the uh, the path they take. Now you need experience in that. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're going with Danny as the GM, you need an experienced president. So I think you look at guys who have either been a GM or are an assistant GM mm-hmm. with a, with a good amount of experience. So I mean, I think you know one of the names that's out there is Ray Shiro, mm-hmm. um, and you know he he was with Pittsburgh and was a really savvy GM and you know won some cups there was with the uh, New Jersey Devils. It, basically, the team that you see on that ice now is mostly his handiwork, that core. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took time, and it, he's a savvy guy that would fit the fit the bill. People go, oh, it's another connection to a former flyer. I mean, Ed Shearer hasn't been here since 79. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you like, think he on. would – do you think he would do that? Do you think he would come back to be an, an assistant or an advisor to Danny Breer? Or is that something – No, would... he'd be a president. Or a president, okay, yeah. Yeah, that okay. would be that'd be the president, the liaison huh. between ownership and hockey operations, and be there to help Danny in any way. Kind of like Kent Hughes, who's the GM in Montreal, mm-hmm. has um, Jeff Gordon mm-hmm. as That's the the guy there. So, okay. um, Gordon was the the general manager of the New York Rangers before they fired him, and um, you know with that whole Panarin, Tom Wilson situation that went down mm-hmm. before they brought in Chris Drury. But, you know, one of the things I see a lot of is uh, nobody that was a former flyer. Look, every hiring guys in executive roles for your team is not exclusive to the flyers. It's not even exclusive to hockey. I was just (laughs) going to say that it's it's league wide. John Elway's in John Elway's in Denver, right? Mm -hmm. John Lynch (laughs) is in San Fran. 
Yeah, I mean, look well, at, look a, around the league. Honest, Steve Eiserman, I think, is one of the best GMs in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he built a really good team in Tampa, left before they won the Cups, and is back in Detroit where he played. Mm-hmm. You look at uh, Mike Greer, played in San Jose, is the GM of San Jose. You look at, uh, I mean, there's a guy, Joe Sackick, mm-hmm. an avalanche legend, GM of that team. Wow. You look at mm-hmm. Rob Blake, played for the Los Angeles Kings. GM of the Los Angeles yeah. Kings. And this has been going on forever. It's just the way it goes. And there's a lot of guys that, you know, Kevin Adams played for the Sabres, is the GM of the Sabres. So, you know, having some institutional knowledge, Billy Guerin of the Wild, there's hmm. is not a bad thing, you know. And and I, I look back at some of those GMs prior, like Bob Clark or Paul Holmgren, and people remember them at their, you know, when – the job was done for them as a GM and they left it in disarray, but let's, I mean, Bob Clark put together some pretty good teams. Yeah. He overlooked goaltending and it cost him, I think. Uh, but the 85 team goes to the finals. The 87 team goes to the finals and loses to Edmonton. Um, then 97, you know, you look at, and then he comes back and eventually he leaves after, you know, a couple games into the 06, 07 season, yeah, him and Hitch surprising. both resigned. Yeah. Paul Holmgren took over. That offseason, Holmgren reshaped the entire thing. Yeah. He trades for Marty Biron. He gets um, Danny Briere to sign here. Mm-hmm. He gets Hartnell, trades Forsberg, and then trades the picks back to Nashville to get basically Hartnell and Tiemann in. Makes a balls-ass move mm-hmm. to get Chris Pronger. He's got Richards and Carter, and they build up, and they're a really good team. Yeah. So I think this notion that those guys were like boobs or something is misguided, how they left it. And usually when somebody gets fired or they step down, they usually don't leave it in the best hands. Yeah, and I have no, pro- <laughs> I have no problem with someone who tries. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, granted, yeah, you, you end up making the cup in, in 2010 with, with the core of that team uh, that you just mentioned. And, you know, and they, they had a shot there. Even more recently now, granted, it's so weird because that – the bubble year seems like, first of all, it seems like it's so long ago because of where we are now. But, you know, you look at that team, and they were a decent team that whole season. So it's like, man, how quick did they fall? But even so, it's not like they didn't try. You know, they went out and, and got Ellis, and they went out and tried to sign some of these guys. Sorry, guy, I just moved your camera. Um, they went no out and t- tried to make some of these moves, risk the line and, you know, whatever. And granted, you know, you knew you weren't going to win this year or last year or whatever, and Kevin Hayes, you know, a couple years ago. But – it's just not working out and, and, you know, different mindset and that, and that, and that statement, different philosophy, an analytical, or how, how do they state it? A, um, um, how, how was, how was the state, the actual word they used in that statement? Oh, in the press release? Yes. They said that, and I have it up here. Oh, sorry. Take a look. It says. St- strategic. Uh, yeah. Um, where, of course, I can't find that part now. Get off Pornhub. Uh, chart a new path forward <laughs> under new leadership structure in hockey operations. Blah, 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 different direction, future and new leadership. That We keep seeing that word. Um, leadership. A path towards the Stanley Cup. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. We view this as a critical opportunity to not only reestablish the standard of excellence that our fans expect, but also to bring new energy, accountability, and strategic vision to our organization. Strategic vision. I like that. And yeah. hopefully they can follow through with that because they need that because they haven't had that in a long time. You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, you have the goaltending. I, I still, I still believe in Carter Hart. Uh, you know, you have the goaltending. Oh, you, God, yeah. you, you 
build up that defense a little bit. Get you know, and hitting on. I mean, granted, you know, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard, but you know, hitting on some of these draft picks. I I don't know. I don't know what. It's going to be a long haul though. Okay, yeah, well, like Ryan in the comment section said, chances at Connor Bedard. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, here we go, yeah. Now, that dude is absurd. Let me give you some numbers on Bedard. And if they finish in the bottom five, they got a, a legit mm. shot. You got a shot anyway. But um, So here's the numbers on Bedard in his draft-eligible year as compared to, I think, the most talented player that's ever played in the NHL, and that's Connor McDavid. Mm. McDavid in his draft-eligible season through 47 games had 44 goals. 76 assists and 120 points. Hmm. Connor Bedard threw 47 games in this year. His draft eligible season has 59 goals, which is what? Four, 15 more 15, yeah. than McDavid had at that point. 64 assists, which awesome. is 12 less, but 123 points, which oh, is three more. Three more points, yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's the thing, right? Because we we always ended up on the on the wrong side of the coin, right? Or or they had an opportunity, they just took the wrong player, right? Like when they took Nolan Patrick, and then what happened after that? And yeah, that was a two player draft, though. Like those yeah. two, Keisher and Patrick, were consensus, but obviously, and you know, you have hindsight, and that also often tells a different story because you could have had Kale McCarr, right, mm-hmm. at four, mm-hmm. or you could have had, you know. Miro Heiskanen, Heiskanen yeah. or you could have had Elias Pettersson. And the one that st- – this one still stings me. It actually stings me more than Nolan Patrick. It was the Patrick Kane. You know, you lose the coin flip, and you lose yeah. Patrick – and you don't get Patrick Kane. Instead, you, that was JVR, right? They drafted JVR. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, nothing against JVR. He's, and, you know, he's a nice player in the NHL. He's, he's had a decent career and everything, but it's not Patrick Ain't Kane. Ain't no Patrick Kane, Ain't though. no Patrick Kane. <laughs> and yeah. – uh, yeah, who actually just got traded, which is kind of wild. But uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's it's this is gonna be a this is gonna be a long, a long uh, path. I think it's gonna make you know what we thought was maybe I was thinking because I, I wrote a little article on cornerpostsports.net. Uh, I was thinking, man, two years. You know, if they make some of these moves and they can trade some of these contracts off, I free think up it's some a money. A little longer than that. Yeah, well now definitely. Uh, but hey, well, I mean, it all depends, though, guys, because you know what you end up with in the draft can change so much. Mm -hmm. You know, when the 2016-17 season happened, the beginning of that season, uh, what's it called? Uh, Patrick Waugh just quit on the team in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they had some good players. I mean, you got Landeskog, you got McKinnon. You go, how's this team? They were the worst team in the league by, I think, 21 standings points. 21. I mean, that's insane. And they were... Sackick and them were rip shit pissed, calling for lottery reform when they ended up drafting fourth in that draft. Now, what happened? Esher one, Patrick two, mm. Heiskin in three. They get Bobby freaking Orr. <laughs> like, that dude's Bobby yeah. Orr. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it changed everything. And, you know, like, a t- I won't put a timetable on it because things can change really quickly. And there's so many variables to it. Like if you end up with Connor Bedard, it could be a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Or if it's Fantilli and he adjusts to the NHL beautifully. Or, you know, Sean Couturier comes back and is healthy and is close to the Couturier he was prior. And Cam Atkinson, they have a lot of pieces that a good team needs, but they're missing the hardest one to get. And that's the high-end talent. Mm-hmm. A guy that can jump over the boards and the other team goes, oh, Uh-oh. shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah they don't have that guy. Yeah, they don't have that Crosby, that, that McDavid, that – I mean, McDavid take, can take over when things aren't going well and just yeah. get a goal on his own. You know, right. they don't have that guy. TK's the closest thing. He's more of the point-per-game player this year, and he's a dynamic player and very today NHL, but mm-hmm. you need more of it. You need a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that. Like, like when you're playing against McDavid, I remember talking to Torts after the first Edmonton game, and he said, my guys were scared shitless to take a penalty against that team because their, their power play clicks get 33%. So yeah. they didn't take a penalty the whole game. Christ. You know? 33% yeah. on a power play. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what happens when you have Ooh. generational talent, you know, on that, like, like on that damn. unit. Yeah. Yeah, but they haven't won dick all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? that's true. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I did this comparison for Flyers Daily today because they played the Kings last night, and I go, okay, all the talent that like Toronto has, or even Edmonton, look with the, all the talent they have. They've they probably have three or four players. Toronto has three players I know that make more than the highest-paid player on Carolina, Sebastian Ajo. Hmm. And I think Carolina's a much better team. He's not the better player than Austin Matthews, or uh, I think he's better than Tavares, but, and maybe Marner. But, you know, you look at it overall, they're not paying anybody north of $9 million, hmm. and they have a complete team. Yeah. And I think you get got a way better chance of winning a cup if you have that than if you have, you know, three guys a making – Top-heavy – yeah, forty-eight percent of your cap. Yeah. You can't build the rest of your team. You have to be able to build a team because they all play. Oh, and if you can't do that, like Edmonton wanted to go out and get fucking Eric Carlson this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going. You guys can't defend. You have shitty goaltending. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out and get a D that can't defend because mm-hmm. that doesn't work in the playoffs. You got to be able to win two, one, three, two games. Can't just you know run a track meet every game and try and win six to four. You're not gonna. You're not yeah. gonna go far in the playoffs. Even in today's NHL, you're not doing that in the playoffs. Yeah, it cripples you. No. Yeah. No, because every inch of the 200 by 85 is contested. Yeah. You know, you just, you just can't do it that way. And goaltending becomes so huge. Like I love what Toronto did at the deadline, but what are they in net? Matt Murray and Sam Sonoff? Yeah. We know, we know the story with that. You know, you can have all the talent yeah. you want around if if you don't have the you know. Yeah, and they're going to get Tampa in the first round again, and they got a huge edge in net and Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. That dude's ridiculous. So, he's ridiculous. Uh, Absolutely so ridiculous, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, he stands on his head. That's a team, like, God. Like, you just, every year, you're like, ah, maybe they'll drop off. Nope. Nope. Like, you're watching that, you're like, I can't watch it. Like, <laughs> that's just, that's like, how, what the he, fuck? He's that's, a freak show. Yeah. yeah. Well, the that's, other thing, too, you know, the other thing with, with Tampa is they have such an advantage because it's a no-income tax state. I think the league should do something about it because it's this huge disadvantage because of the exchange rate on the Canadian dollar. And it's a huge issue. You know, if you're in New York City, like, who was it? Oh, Jacob Chickering got traded from Arizona to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, he's happy as shit he got traded until fucking payday. Until he realizes I had no income tax to now this Canadian exchange and all that taxes in Ottawa. He's going to see about 30% less pay every other week. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so, that's so funny because like, the international rules apply. It, it doesn't matter if it's the NHL or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, how about that? And, like, Tampa, like, you can sign a player, like Kucherov signed there for a, a good deal because it's a no-income t- tax state, so he brings home more than if he'd have got, say, $9.5 versus mm-hmm. 8.25. He still brings home more playing for Tampa at 8.25. They mm-hmm. can build a good team around him because they're not using up their cap space, and he brings home more paycheck to paycheck anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Not with Biden's new plan. He's taxing all. I don't go politics. We're not going <laughs> politics, Gary. Put that shit back Man, in. All right, right, I'll shut up. I know you're drinking and all, but no, we're not no, going politics. Never, ever, ever, ever. You're going to get taxed now. That's all I'm saying. No upside. <laughs> no, there's not. But, Jason, I, I, I promise you we want to keep it. I know you've, been, you've had a, a, a jam-packed day for sure, and, and uh, this has been a uh, kind of an up-and-down day, I guess, uh, for you. And uh, we 100% appreciate you jumping on with us and, and talking about this Chuck Fletcher situation with us. Um, yeah, I, I, appreciate, I love having coming on with you guys. You guys know that. Anytime you call, it's a yes from me. And I, I'm, to me, there's an excitement to it because you just want them to make the right decisions. Look, they're going to turn every rock over at this offseason, look at every player, every role in the organization, probably mine included, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, find a way to move forward. And you just hope they make the right decisions and they can get this thing back on track because – this is a great fan base here. The NHL's better when the Flyers are relevant. Thank you for saying that. I, want, I wanted to say that. I wanted to say yeah. that. You know, I, I, I really um, – I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm getting rid of this. Dylan, his dude is writing weird shit on our board here. <laughs> fucking, it's not a bot. He's just saying weird shit about grown men talking sports. It's, I'm like, what? Gone. Um, What's he want us to talk about? Yeah. Yeah, really. It's kind of a sports show, fuck, yeah. fuck yeah. face. Yeah, you fucking jet bag. Meanwhile, he's got like an av- like a, a, a an anime avatar, right? Like, okay, yeah, go watch some anime, <laughs> porn anime. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm about to bring up. Uh, I'm glad you did. I miss it. I miss it so much that the fact that the Flyers are not in the playoffs because, man, that that general excitement. It doesn't matter what round it is. First round, like you get so pumped up for the game that night. It, even even differently with, than baseball, like as much as I you know, I love baseball, it's even different with base, like than yeah, baseball. Yeah. You know, just there's that general excitement. It's just because you feel like you have more. You know why it is? Because base because hockey, I feel like you're more on a level playing field. Like baseball, you can you can see the matchup. Oh man, yeah, we're going against Verlander tonight. You know, hockey, mm-hmm. anything can happen any night, and that's and I think I truly believe is that playoff hockey is the best playoffs in any sport. Absolutely. Yeah. And I miss and, that and excitement. It swells round around, right? Like it mm-hmm. just gets more and more intense and exciting. And I, I was kind of going through it the other day. Like the thing about it is, is it's a winter sport. And when they're playing, you know, for their championship and marching toward it, it's getting nicer and nicer outside. Yes. And that yes. feeling of pulling into the parking lot of the building and everybody's outside playing cornhole and whatever else they do out there and drinking yeah. and getting after it and the barbecues and the block parties. And it's just like, it's so Not to mention that, and let's be honest here, the female contingent at the games in the oh. playoffs and the hockey, mm. oh. oh, the quality of, of stock goes right <laughs> Absolutely. there. Absolutely. That's not the and only you thing. You walk around the, the concourse, you're like, dime, dime, dime. <laughs> I mean, <they're> all <laughs> I mean, the high end. Uh, Tons of pencil erasers, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah, but it's just, you know, yeah. it's exciting. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun to go on that ride. I mean, I remember 2010, it was just. That was incredible. Like, it was, was so insane. much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. I miss that, yeah. man. I really do. It's just, it's, there's something different about playoff hockey, and we haven't, we haven't seen We haven't seen it for real in a long time. I don't want to count 2020 because it's, 
Yeah, they had a shop. Something seemed weird, right? Like it, the whole thing was off. The stands were empty, and the bubble thing, and all that. it was just weird. But I wouldn't trust yeah. me. I wouldn't complain if they would have won the cup that year. I'd have been happy, happy as anybody. But that would have been strange. Um, yeah, it was bizarre for sure. Most important question I'm going to ask you before we let you go: What do you think about the new Metallica stuff that's that's coming out, man? Oh. The, the three new songs that you've probably heard. I didn't like the first one. What's that, Lux Lux Turner? Yeah. The other two I did like, and the last, the third one I, I really like. I agree. I thought the third one was the best one out of the three, man. Yeah. Um, I'm still, like, stuck on, you know, the Justice album and Master and all that stuff mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Death Magnetic, I thought I had some really good riffs on it. And there's some good stuff, but it just didn't feel like it hit me the same way. Maybe it's just because I'm older now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this new stuff I've been pretty impressed with, and I think James sounds fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, he is holding up, like, a, for what he's done to that body and that throat, I'm amazed yeah. that he's he's able to, to do what he does. And, and they're, like, I'll go see them on any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? They still put on a fucking show. I was going to ask right. you if you're going to go see uh, if you're going to go to the show in August at in uh, Giant Stadium because uh, well, faux Pantera is opening. Um, faux Pantera. Well, because it's not really Pantera. It's <laughs> it's, it's... Not Diet Pantera. Yeah, like <laughs> Diet Pantera. As close as we get. And that's fine. I never got the opportunity to see them. Um, I knew you met Dimebag, right? Like you got to meet him and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I never got a chance to to see them, and it's close as I'll get. So I'm obviously excited for it. Um, but yeah, yeah well, they I was, sound good. Like yeah. Pantera sounds good in this Zach iteration because Zach's on guitar. Zach's a great. Yeah, Zach's yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a lunatic. He puts his own kind of little Zachism on Dime's parts, mm-hmm. which is cool. But but still very tributed to Dime. I mean, him and Dime were as close as they come. Yeah, yeah. I got fucking bombed with those two. <laughs> yeah, I think it was two, maybe in two thousand, Ozfest two thousand, or maybe ninety nine. I'm not sure which. But those two just destroyed me. Um, and that's when Zach was still drinking. He was pounding backs like crazy. Dying back, putting the get your pulls down the, the black tooth grins with the, <laughs> oh, the Crown Royal and a shot of Coke. Ugh. Right? And just slugging beers all day. Um, but, yeah, it's, and, you know, the, the Anthrax drummer's doing a good job on it, too. I've watched it. I was surprised about that. Videos. I wasn't expecting yeah, that. he's a good drummer. Yeah, yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And Phillip sounds good, too. You know, He Phillip's does. Done, yeah, I think Phil's... Looks like he's a lot healthier in a better place in his life. So mm-hmm. um, he's not beating the piss out of that body quite as bad as he used to. But he sounds good. I mean, this, I, I'm glad that a generation is getting to see him and hear some of those songs. Because, I mean, there are some brutally heavy riffs in there. And mm-hmm. a lot of great musicianship. And um, not many guys can pull it off. Zach can, which yeah. is great. And those two were so tight. But, yeah, I'll be there. i absolutely be there. I think Lamb of God's there as well. Uh, so Ooh. the first night, yeah, maybe they are, and then the second night, it's Ice Nine Kills and Five Finger Death Punch, and then them. So Pantera Metallica is a Friday, and then Pantera with or Metallica with Ice Nine Kills and Five Finger Death Punch is Sunday. So, ah, right, yeah. See, I'll, I'll just go to the one the Friday with Pantera and yeah. watch Pantera Metallica and call it a weekend. Yeah, let me know, man, because I'm heading out there. So, yeah, Ron, I, Ron. I want them to do an indoor tour, though. I want to see the end. I like them. Yeah, I, like I think it's, indoor way it sounds like it's going to be the winner. Uh, the winner of early next year, they'll do the winner, mm-hmm. the winner thing. Yeah, so. yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. That'd so, be cool though. Yeah, I, I still miss Dime to this day, man. It's yeah. crazy. He's, he was such a fucking just insane player and great dude. Yeah, got the Dime bag back there still. Yeah, and, I uh, see it. I was staring at that. Yeah, got the mini version right here. 
you know, you gotta have, they got a mini dime always over my head. I got the old uh, Dean from Hell here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, version. yeah. Yeah, I got everything going on here. He's so. rich, man. Yeah. You so can see over, see over Gary's shoulder. I got uh, some Mistine Angels of Death Flying V, and then there's uh, Hetfield's uh, Black Explorer. I don't know if you can see what, it. Is that an ESP Explorer? Yes, yes. And then I got oh, actually. Oh, man. How'd you actually, get your hands on that? And actually, I got the Snakebite ESP. I don't know if you can see the white one there, too. Oh, that's the newer uh, ESP one. That's not the old yeah, ripoff of yeah. the Gibson model one. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're good, Gary. Yeah. He's moving. <laughs> He's moving out of the way. You're fine. Yeah, it's all good. I'm listening to a little Megadeth, a little Good Morning Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll have to get you on, man, in person. And we can have a jam session after we're done uh, talking some sports and nonsense. Yeah. I can haul the uh, the, the LP up there, the Les Paul or my uh, SG, and fucking go nuts. Yeah, it'd be I fun. I got this little thing, dude. I got to tell you about this. What's it, ukulele? Yeah, this little <laughs> Oh, check that Positive out. Grip. Oh, check that this out. This thing's out fucking outrageous. Yeah, it's loud. That's it, all. It's from a company called Positive Grid, and it's got – you use an app. You can – Go on their tone cloud and get the exact oh, and justice for all toning. And this thing fucking roars. You were telling me about that because you you were yep. telling me you dialed in the injustice for all guitar sound the last time, and I'm like, "Yep, how'd you do that? It's awesome. Oh wow, what's it called again? It's uh, it's called the uh, Bias FX Mini, I think. Okay, um, Spark Mini. Spark. I think it's Spark. I'll send it to you. All yeah, right. Spark Mini. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, cool. I jotted it down. I'll have to check that out. No doubt. Zach just did, did a custom cover for it, too. Uh, like a, a, You can change out this tweed on the front. Uh-huh. Like this one's the red one. I have a black one as well. But Zach Wilde just um, partnered with him and has a, his own designer cover. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's like a bottle a bottle on the front or something. <laughs> Probably smells like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an advertisement for deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Scratch and sniff. Sack while scratching such tweed. Oh man. Yeah. Well, Jason, we're gonna let you go, brother. Thank you so much, man, as always, for joining us. We uh we really appreciate it. Uh please and plug away before you go, man. Uh Flyers Daily. I'm getting ready to record that as soon as I'm done with you guys for tomorrow. I got a, a billion questions in my Twitter to go through. Mm. Um so we're doing that daily still. Uh stick to hockey live is two, three days a week we usually do. Um, I think we're going to be back, I think maybe Monday, unless they have the press conference on Monday for Briere. Um, if not Tuesday, and then stick to F1's coming back as the F1 season just got underway. Uh, and Ajis with Harry. Harry nice. Mace and I do uh, our show yeah. weekly. I love Ajis. Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. I got to get you on with Harry, man. That'd be fun. I, I, I love Harry. I never got to talk to him, man. Never got a chance to, to talk to him. So, uh, yeah, I got plenty to ask him as well. But. He'd be perfect for the corner pub. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> right in with you guys. <laughs> yeah, now I'll have to hit him up, man, and you know, it, you know, maybe get you guys on together or something next time. Sure. So talk some golf with him. I just got his new set of clubs today, so ready to go. Nice. Hit him straight. Uh, try to, try to. All right, boys. All right, brother. Thank you, Jason. Hydrate tonight. No hangovers tomorrow. Well, we're, I'm working at it. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, All right, guys. Brother. I'll see you. All right, Take man. Care, Take care. Jason Martinez. Oh, I love him, man. Such a good dude. He's always a good interview. Yeah. I feel bad because I'm like, ah, not for long. An hour. He was on with us for an hour tonight. I told you. Yeah. I told you. Oh, he's so great, though, man. He, he gives us so much insight on, on stuff. And uh, 
Yeah, dude. He, he, it's so weird how things worked out. Because I hit him up on Tuesday. Yeah, 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 I'm in, I'm in. I'll just let you know what time. All right, cool. And then Chuck Fletcher gets fired. I'm like, oh, boy. And then people on Facebook, well, you guys couldn't have timed that out better. I'm like, <laughs> I tell you, man. But, uh, yeah, so so glad for him to come on. So, as always. Um, all right, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, sorry, Phil. Uh, you know, I, I know you had another question for him. He actually kind of – actually, I did answer – asked uh, – Two of his questions. He, he sent me like five. I couldn't ask him all that. What the fuck? He's hot, clog, clogging up there. Yeah, time. clogging up. What do you, what do you think? You're trying to get some clout? See what you're trying to do? All right, so we're going to talk some football, and we got while you were jumping first. Um, I, I, I need, to, uh, I need to, to do something here. So if you listened to the show last week, um, you know I was a little, a little harsh. I was a little harsh on the Sixers last week. I need to kneel on my sword a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kneel on my sword a little bit. Are you laughing? What are you, what are you laughing at? Kneel on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I was a little harsh. I was a little harsh. All right? You know, I, I said I'm not invested. I'm invested. Come on, man. You know, of course I'm invested. You were irritated. I'm allowed to be irritated by poor play, by things I don't like seeing on the court. And I and they didn't do anything to prove otherwise until this week. They went 4-1 on their trip. They looked pretty good, you know. So, and, you know, uh, I think with that, I need to I need to uh, own up to it and eat a little crow, all right? <laughs> now, do I think they're going to be a team that all of a sudden – because they have a good week, that they're going to be out of the second round, come out of the second round. Um, no, I still feel the same way I do, but I'm not going to say I'm not invested. All right, I'm not going to say that. I, I'm going to watch them. I have them on right now. You know, they're they're in a kind of a battle with Portland, which is disappointing me a little bit. Uh, they're up with one second. All right, let's see what happens here. Hold on, one second, one second, up by one. Um, I think they're going to win. They were down the whole game though. Yeah, they did. They did come back, man. It's just a that was a hell of an effort by them. Let's see what happens here. Hold on. Pass in. Game over. Sixers win by one. All right, cool, awesome, good for them, man. That was that would have been disappointing if they would have lost to Portland. I got to be honest with you. Portland, the sub five hundred team. They beat them by one point. That's a hell of a comeback. No, they came back. They were down nineteen at halftime. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of my biggest gripes last week was the rotations by Doc and, and the fact that I I felt like he's just been absolutely hard with them. And maybe that's changed. Maybe some of these guys are starting to fill their, their roles a little bit. Uh, you know, guys like George Niang starting to fill out a little bit. You know, maybe they had to, maybe they had to um, recover a little bit after trading Thibel and they have to find their own, their own niche. So give it some time. Because basketball, like hockey – it's a lot. It's a lot about uh, you know forming together and gluing together and getting that bond. And, my, and Maxie's been off. Yeah, he's been a little off too. Um, he's starting to pick it up a little bit though. Good. Starting to pick Good. it up. So with those things kind of coming together, maybe they're starting to find themselves. Uh, that tonight is a gutsy win. I, I I'm impressed. That that was an impressive win. So perfect timing. Nailed on my sword. I apologize for being too rough on them last week. 
so there you have it. All right. And that's that. I'm coming day and night. Angry Ant Rover. Uh, Dave Peterson <laughs> said, I know this is out of left field, but while I remember, Sean, happy birthday to your daughter. Ah, thanks, dude. Thank you. My little, my little girl turned four yesterday. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Little princess. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to football uh, because there's some news with them too. Well, you want you want to start with the good news? Start with the good news. Let's, let's do it. Brandon Graham is returning to the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year deal. The strip sack, probably the player responsible for the most important play in Eagles history. Would you call it that? I would. The most I mean, important can't play. Argue with that. The most important play was the strip sack, and he's come back on a one-year deal. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. Uh, I, I was hope I didn't want to. Did, can you imagine him in another team's colors? Detroit, you know, playing for someone. I, I, come on. I don't think he would have done it. I think he would just call it quits. Yeah, if he couldn't get, get an agreement with the Eagles, I think he would have. He would have retired. He would have retired. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Uh, BG said, uh, Dave said, uh, BG said, out of loyalty. Actually, and he also said. <coughs> um, he took a pay cut because he wants to win a championship with Jalen with yeah. Hurts. He said, Jalen's my guy, or Jalen is the guy. I want to be here. When, you know, I'm going to win a championship with him. I'm going to see if I hit on my parlay. Let's see. I needed Lillard to score over 20, which he did. I needed Embiid to score over 30, which he did. I needed Harden to have eight assists. He had eight assists. On the dot, and the Sixers won. I hit on my parlay. Nice. Way to go. That's the first four-leg parlay I've ever won. <laughs> four Not for much money, though. But it's cool. Actually, it win, brother. That was 30 bucks. Still a win. Yeah. For a four-leg parlay for 30 bucks, that tells you that I took a bunch of favorites, but that's all right. Hey, it's $30 I had in my pocket before the night started. So, wins you know, a win. Where's that? A win's a win. Uh, it'll pay for the gas money for you driving your drunk ass home. <laughs> oh well, nah, it's all good. It's all good. Had a good time, man. Uh, but now let's get to the bad news. Hmm. Darius Slay has been informed by the Eagles that he can look for a trade. Well, first they asked him if he would be willing to take a pay cut. He he declined. Yeah. So they told his agent he can he can seek a trade. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they were trying to restructure his deal. Not not a pay cut, but to restructure he his deal. He didn't want to do it. So that's not a good sign. And Slay's been pretty much not he hasn't deflected any of it. The only thing Slay said was cuz someone said, "Oh, you know, someone tweeted out like something like I had to at the client 32-year-old corner." And he retweeted it's like declining thirty two year old corner and did the laughing emoji, the crying laughing emoji. Well, you are, like you're thirty two, you're thirty three next year when the season starts. Like, yeah, you probably should like take a pay cut because and, and get get back in. You're going to get your money. You'll get it next year. Help yeah. the team out if no, you want a ring. Looking at that way. He wants a ring, so help the team out. Now, granted, it's not my money. So maybe it's selfish for me to tell you know tell someone take take less money this year for the, for the team. Like if my company said, hey, we're going to sell but this he's many. He's not going to lose the money. He'll get his money. He will get his money. 
either, you know, either, they, dude, Howie got has plenty of ways to do it. Stick it in incentives and or, or backload it, whatever. The fact that he turned it down and said no, and now they're saying, well, look for a trade because we can't, we can't pay you. We yeah. can't. I, I I don't know if Mike said this in the text thread. I don't know. I know he said it in his article that looking for a restructure, they'll try to keep Bradbury. I think that's the move. I think they're trying. To, they're trying to keep Bradbury and let Slay go, and they're and they but they want to keep both. I mean, ultimately they want to keep both guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Dave Peterson said he's an important piece of this team. He's going to be hard to replace. One hundred percent, Dave. I agree. These guys don't fall off of trees. Remember the likes of Byron Maxwell and guys like that, right? So, like, everyone – all of a sudden, the Philadelphia fan base on Twitter is good with letting Slay go. I'm not. Like, I'm, I don't want any of these guys to go. Um, but you have to. I mean, you're going to lose guys. I mean, you got you got to come to terms with some of them. Now, here's a question for you. If you have an opportunity to, to trade Slay to keep Bradbury, are you doing it? Yeah. If you're trading Slay to keep C.J. Garner-Johnson, are you doing it? Yes. So, there you go. I, th- I think – because I don't think all three you can do it, and I think you have a slight chance of keeping two of them. I was just going to say it's going to be tough to keep two of them. It's going to be tough. You have a slight chance. Uh, but the cap going up a little bit. They they, they just gained another 2.5 by restructuring Jake Elliott's contract today. Um yeah, Peterson said it's damage control at this point. And, yeah, he's probably right. Roseman has a tough – he has some tough, tough sledding. And they restructured right Lane Johnson again, too, didn't they? Uh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. But I'll tell you what, if, if – <clears throat> oh, man, Embiid hit a game-winning shot with 1.1. In the highlights, MP, MVP voters take note. You see that underneath? <laughs> That's awesome. One point one. There it is. It went into the spin spin move in the paint. Wow, huge shot, huge shot, man. Good for him. Good for him. <coughs> you know what's funny? I was just talking about but it. But that is pedig- his pedigree, Sean. Like he's been great during the regular season. Kind of playoffs. Like he's just who Embiid. Yeah, he's been hurt every time. He's been hurt. We're in March now. He's. 100% healthy, we've got to cross our fingers because he hasn't been 100% healthy going into the playoffs yet. He has a, an opportunity here. He's been absolutely phenomenal all season. If he please stay healthy. You get a healthy Embiid, a healthy Harden too because Harden wasn't healthy last year either. He came here bumming him. You know, his, his, he had a bum hamstring. We'll see. Fat, fat, dribble, dribble. We'll see, but I didn't like the fact that they struggled against this team. I don't care. I don't care who they played two nights ago. You struggled against Portland and you at home, and you know a, a, a jumper one point one seconds left to win the game. I, I granted, it's a win to win, but bottom still. line is they won. They did. They did. It was a gutsy win. That is a gutsy win. All right, back to the Eagles. Let's get it back to the Eagles, as Rob Bells would say. Uh yeah. C.J. Gardner Johnson, Bradbury over Slay. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Um. You're 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 staying younger too, but then no matter what, you have a question. That's a question to be addressed, either in free agency or draft, because you need another corner. Like even if my choice was Hargrave or Slate, I keep Hargrave. Really? Yes. You keep Hargrave over Slate. Our seventy sacks 
went through him. Man. 70 sacks went through him, bro. Yeah, Hargrave was a... Like, he didn't get the uh, the highlight reel. But... But he he, he led the out the defensive line. Yeah, but I got I got to look up something here. Because how old is Javon Hargrave? He's 30 years old, man. Yeah. Will you sign him to four years? And, like, you know what I mean? No, I, I mean, if my choice was uh, you got the money to sign this guy or you can sign Slay. Slay's going to be 33. Hargrave's is 30. But you know what? It's a completely different. Their, 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 their needs and their, their what they do, is it's different. You need more in the trenches than you do on the outside. I'm not saying the outside ain't, ain't important. But, I mean, you had 70 sacks. Because he went through the interior. Yes. Well, don't forget. And he don't miss games. No, he doesn't. He was he was great. He was great last year too. Quietly, I remember halfway through the season last year, I said, I said that um, Hargrave is the is the MVP of this defense. Yes, uh, because he he like you said quietly he 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 did it. He wasn't you know he wasn't this flashy player because he, he's doing the dirty work inside. Yeah. I love Hargrave. Um, I'm a fool to do man. your dirty work. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I I. I think I'd be okay with that. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> uh, Peterson said the Eagles didn't tag. No, the, the, the Eagles are not a team that does that. Anyone else think they should have used it on, on C.J. Garner-Johnson? Dave, we, a couple weeks ago we said that. Well, the Eagles said they were going to do it. There, well, well, there the was reports, reports that they were going to do that, and I thought for sure they were going to tag. And him. they didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, because like you said, they don't do that. Now, a team that probably should have tagged somebody that didn't was that the New York Giants. They should have just tagged Daniel Jones and said, you're playing under this. Uh, and Baltimore tried to do that. or Baltimore's trying to do it with uh, Lamar Jackson. He said, uh-uh. Yeah, I ain't playing under a tag. Um, Daniel Jones wanted like $50 million a year. He got, got a 48. 40, four-year deal, $160 million. And now there's a lot of incentives based on Still. that. He ain't but, worth $25 million. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, it, oh, in today's NFL standards, starting quarterback. What they, what car get? Daniel Jones is better than David Carr. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than David Carr. You, you give Daniel Jones a couple more weapons. Dude, they, Carr had Devontae Adams this year. Granted, Hunter Renfro was hurt this year. He had Devontae Adams, and they were – they, they didn't make the playoffs. Like they, they were sub five. Like they were bad. They were not a. They were not a good team this year. Carr wasn't. Carr was a disappointment. That whole match, you know, especially being college teammates, you thought that was going to be something special, fell apart. Daniel Jones is doing what he's doing with Darius Slayton. Now, look, I don't think Jones is a great quarterback, and I agree that he doesn't deserve forty-eight million dollars. No one deserves forty-eight. Unless you're fucking saving lives, you don't deserve forty-eight million dollars. Let's get that out of the way right now. So what's that mean Jalen Hurts is going to get? That's what I was kind of get at. Like, now he just he just raised the bar yeah. for the Eagles to now have to pay Jalen Hurts $53 million. Now, they might not even. They might not even negotiate They might not season. even do this. They might not even. They, they might, might the next year. They might not be able to. Right. There's no money. But I, you know, 
it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. What if? What if the Eagles have a handshake agreement with Jalen Hurts and they said, "Look, we're really strapped. We, you are our guy. <clears throat> You're not going anywhere. We're going to sign you to an extension. But in order to, what do you? We want to try to keep some of these guys. What if they sign Hargrave and Bradbury to like a two-year deal where it's front-end loaded?" Right mm-hmm. for this all this coming season, CJ Garner Johnson they they're able to sign him to it you know whatever you can sign him right whatever or one whatever one of the three guys they can sign to a longer deal yeah I, Hargrave wouldn't be the guy he's thirty maybe Bradbury say Bradbury or CJ Garner Johnson are signed to a longer deal but I mean if it's over three years then that's got to be Johnson it's it's got to be right right yeah. right right or uh, let's just say right then that way when you do negotiate with Hertz. You're not paying Hargrave and Bradbury or Hargrave and Johnson, whoever you decide to, that much. You can then do it. I mean, if you don't do it this year, Sean, you're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. But like, her, like, but like her, you're flirting with, with a problem. But from a business perspective, Jalen Hurts might be like, nah, man. Because what if Hurts comes out and gets hurt? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that could happen to any player. Right, but if he doesn't sign that extension, if they offer him, if he knows he has an opportunity to sign an extension this mm-hmm. year, and they don't do it. Well, they don't. I mean, by they don't have to though. Oh, right, right. They under, don't have to. He's under contract next year, and right. they can franchise him if they need. They, they can figure something out, which they won't do. No, I just think that's playing with fire. Yeah. Like if you wait to next year to renegotiate his contract or extend him, like your 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 salary problem could be twenty five percent more yeah. than what it is this season. I think you extend him this season. You know, you try to get him for at least five years. Extend him at least five years. You know, you do what you can. And because come, if you if you do it longer than five years, you're you're strapped into oh, yeah, that. You're, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. And he could get hurt. Yeah. Because no, then I, what no. if he turns out? To... Right. Uh, I got uh, live footage, actually, of um, somebody um, – Eagles uh, players looking for contracts going to Howie Roseman's office. Please, man. I sucked your dick. Oh, uh, that's pretty. That's a little rough. I got these here cheeseburgers. I got these cheeseburgers, man. Shit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a messy situation they have themselves in. and uh, But they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. That's... That's the way they do it. Um, Howie Roseman always comes out looking better than what we thought he was going to be. He's going to figure it out. Like the last, like since Chip Kelly's been gone, like he's had a few where you're like, what the fuck? Mm. But, you know, in the majority of the years since that's happened, Howie Roseman has, he's done miraculous things. Miraculous. That's a good word. Miraculous is a good word, guy. Don't miraculous me, guy. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. The uh, Panthers made a trade today. They got the number one pick. They traded with the Bears. The Bears. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears. For the ninth pick, I'm doing this off the top of my head, ninth pick, 61st pick, a future first, a future second rounder, and D.J. Moore. For the first pick, I don't think either one of them lost in this okay. trade. No, like the Panthers seen a, a a need with the quarterback, 
And as a franchise, if you feel you need, you see the quarterback that you want and the quarterback that you can build around, me personally, I think you got to do what you can to get there to get that guy. How can you be wrong? You got the number one overall pick. I agree. Because you now, you there's do- a few quarterbacks here that are projected to go there. If they pick the wrong one, that could be disastrous. You got to do what you got to do to get that quarterback, yes. right? Yes. And they did it. They they pulled the trigger. They were like, "Look, and nine, we're not getting one." Well, mm, yeah, nine. They may have gotten a quarterback. Yeah, maybe. but not not the quarterback. The guy, the guy who won it, right? Yeah. Now, who is it? Is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be Stroud? Like, I, I don't know. CJ Stroud. Mean, I mean, I think it's. I, I think, think it's, it's got to be Bryce think, Young. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Bryce Young too. Um. But either way. Um, but I, I mean, look what you're going through here to get this kid. In four years, what's the quarterback salary going to be like then? I just think that the Panthers it now, could be sixty million dollars. I agree with you that the two teams that on the surface, yeah, Panthers needed to get a quarterback, yes, and the Bears got a lot of a haul, a, a big haul in return. I still think the Bears made out better, even though the Bears were, I, I think they were a much better team than their record implied. Yeah. They gain a couple, you know. They gain a couple picks. Uh, you know, they gain a pick in this year's draft. Move back a little bit. Yes, not not great for them. Uh, you know, gain. I guess it gaining a second round pick isn't bad, but it's not going to be a like. It might not be a huge difference maker. You never know. Right. You know, you don't know on the surface. I and mean, there's guys taking the third round and make impacts. Uh, but that first rounder, like, like Tom Brady, when was he drafted? Sixth. But the uh, sixth round. But the um, and he's a goat. Yeah, so you never know. I mean, they could take a player that makes an immediate impact at 61. Uh, offensive guy, what offensive lineman, who knows? The fact that you got D.J. Moore in the deal, as well as future first and second round picks, uh, to me is the killer because um, you now gave Justin Fields a legitimate number one receiver in Chicago. Um, you know, now Justin Fields has something that he can – he can actually throw to and count on to catch the ball. Right, so you couldn't pick a guy with the number one overall pick to have him be able to throw something to somebody? Yeah, like DJ. What, what's that? Like, they had the number one overall pick. Right. And they gave it up. Okay? Yes, Chicago has a bona fide number one wide receiver now. Right. They couldn't find a guy with number one overall to be a bona fide number one receiver. Yeah, but you're not taking a receiver at number one. Right. Right. You know, you're not taking a receiver at one. But like the, the and the, the the whole entire draft is a fucking chess game. Yeah. Like even if you pick that guy in the first round and he's your quarterback, that don't mean he's going to work out. Like wasn't Ryan Leaf a number one overall pick? Yeah, he sure was. And what what what, what did he do? Drugs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he made a mess of his fucking life and his career. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um. Yeah, you're not taking a receiver number one, not in a quarterback heavy draft. All right. Right. So it's a smart move for the Bears to move back because you're not taking the quarterback anyway because you have Justin Fields. Right. To get a, a number one receiver, to get future picks, boom. Win, win, win. That's a no, no-brainer. No that's, might. A, that's a great point, Sean. But also, Carolina did not lose, lose, lose. No, but Carolina gave up a ton, man. and like That's what happens when you want to move the number one overall, Sean. And you just traded your receiver away. You so got to like, do something to get the quarterback yeah. that you believe is going to be take your franchise to the next level. 
Yeah, you I find hear, a quarterback that you, you believe in, you got to do what you can to get him. And maybe having a Bryce Young or Stroud or whoever they decide to take is going to be the key to bring guys in. Yes. So that's, you know, and now all of a sudden, in three years, Carolina's an NBC, M- NBC, and WNBC, an NFC contender. New coaching staff. You know, they're, they're trying to build up stuff. Yeah. Like the thing that I find interesting with the Carolina Panthers, not just what they did with this trade, the thing that I find interesting to watch is Deuce Staley as the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, God, dude, think about all the changes they made. They made a lot. DJ like Moore gone. Christian McCaffrey's gone. Like, yeah. Hmm. Like, without that tr- Christian McCaffrey trade, they ain't going to be able to do what they did. Yeah. They would not have been able to move up. No, that's true. That's true. And keep an eye on the Bears because they now pick in front of the Eagles in the first two rounds. They pick ninth overall Eagles at 10, and they pick 61 when the Eagles pick 62. So the Bears are a team to kind of watch and see what they do. They ain't been relevant in 10 years. Ah, you know, you never know, man. Uh, things change. You're not wrong. Things change. Ready for some while you were drunk? Let's do it. All right. While you were drunk. I am not drunk, man. You're trying to make me drunk. It's time to catch up on some things you may have missed. Do you think a six-pack is, is acceptable? While you were drunk. I'm drunk and I love cats. What more do you need to know? <laughs> Gary Rosenton of Leonard Skinnerd, the last living founding member, passed away uh, this week. I think he's like 73 or something like that. Maybe a little older than that. But um, now they're yeah. all that are all free birds. Yeah. Did how about that though? Like, think about Skinnerd, right? That's a shame, dude. Like, Skin- what, a, what a great fucking band, dude. When Skinner hit their peak. It was the early, early 70s, right? The 73, I think it was. Like, And then, like, soon after, they had that, cr- that crash and, like, half the band died. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the singer died and Van Zant. And then, like, they reformed and, like, the brother, like, I'm not quitting, you know, and, and reforms the band. And they tour and they go on for another 40, 50 years, man. Yep. And now I found a member finally. To, but then there's bands in the 60s, you know, like the Stones. Right now, granted, like, all right, all right, all right. Like most of the founding members are still alive. Yes, you know the Beatles. You know, two out of two out of four are still alive. Oh. But like, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Like Skinner wasn't. Think about it, early seventies, and then like the whole band's dead. Everyone in that band is dead. That's man. that's crazy. Man. Yeah. Why can't John Bon Jovi fucking die? Hey, what? What's wrong with Bon Jovi? Oh, he's halfway there. Never mind. There's a lot wrong with Bon Jovi. I'm dead. John Bon Blow Me. Yeah, really. Oh. Uh, buy another pier in Jersey, you fuck. I have to ask you a question, dude. Mate? No, nah, the other the other guest on the well, show. Well, I do. The other guy guest on the show. Ask why. Uh, how does an orphan uh, take a selfie? How? With his family. <laughs> That's so fucking terrible that it's funny. <laughs> um, speaking of someone who should have been an orphan, instead he, you know, squirted in too many women and made too many kids. Um, Sean Kemp. 
Sean Kemp was uh, was booked on charges or, or brought in for charges on a, a drive-by shooting at outside a mall in Tacoma, Washington. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, Tacoma Kemp was uh, not in the car. Um, Tokyo Kemp was also Tokyo not Kemp. in the country. The other country in the states that he's had babies in. Uh, Mississippi Kemp was uh, unavailable for con- comment. Uh, Minnesota Kemp, however, did say that my dad's innocent. What about Toledo Kemp? Toledo Kemp said, uh, where's my cousin? Uh, yeah, so, uh, Sean Kemp, however, was dropped. The charges were dropped. Uh, he's, he, uh, I guess was found to not be involved in the shooting. Thank God, because he's over 50 years old doing a drive-by. That'd be ridiculous. Like that? And then there was a, a shooting at Joe Mixon's house? Yeah, and the same thing. He's also not involved. Yeah. Uh, charges not filed against But still, him. it's at his house. Yeah. And it's a juvenile that got shot in the leg. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, you got everything going on in your life, and you got this element near your house? Whatever. I know. We talked about it last week. We, all these athletes, man, like making these mistakes. You know, Carl Malone charted, you know, things being brought up from his past. That's the Steve McNair aspect. <laughs> he's he's dead. Yeah, he got murdered. <laughs> God. <laughs> that was messed up, man. Yep. His wife, right? Did his wife kill him? Well, I think it was his girlfriend. His girlfriend killed him? Yeah. Yeah. You never won a ring. Like he was married and he was messing around with her. So that makes sense because he never got her ring because he didn't get one either. Well, you can't get rings. You can take a bullet. Jesus. Um, we just talked about uh, Carr. Uh, Derek Carr. We called him D- you called him David Carr earlier. Whatever. Who cares? Derek Carr. They're both irrelevant. David. <laughs> I just did it. Derek Carr <laughs> signs with the Saints. So uh, <laughs> good signing for them. I think he's a good quarterback. And like I. I think that's a good move for them. A solid quarterback. They needed some stability there. You know, you'd be kind of jumping around. Jameis Winston. Yeah, all over the place. Uh, Tyson Hill's not a quarterback. So that was a good move for them. He's a gadget player. That was a good move. Um, Geno Smith. Now, I I think this is an overreaction. But Geno Smith's been given a $100 million contract by Seattle. Extension, $100 million. Like, how many years has that guy been in the fucking league? Right, 10 He's had years. one good year. Right. So he gets a hundred fucking million yep. dollars. Like I agree. That's 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 that, that's gonna be the Nick Foles deal. Where Nick Foles like we're like, really? Like, like I know he just won a Super Bowl. That's a reactionary contract. Yeah, I don't I think that's a bad move yeah. by them. Um look he again, he had a but really I, good season. Know, hey Gino, go ahead, man. Yeah, get good it, for get him. It, get it. Yeah, absolutely. He was another one that was drafted in the first round. Yeah, he was drafted by the Jets. Yep. And, uh, you know. You look like you have to take a tinkle. Come on. God, take, take a couple trips. trips. That had nothing to do with anything, but I just felt like playing because it was there. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of betting, because, uh, you know, I hit on a four-leg parlay earlier tonight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. We suck again. Calvin Ridley is reinstated in the NFL. I forgot that the Jaguars... Acquired him. I forgot that. So, Calvin Ridley is back. Doug Peterson has a top-flight wide receiver. You remember what Doug Peterson was with the Eagles. They almost grabbed him up. Yes, he did. They were going to grab yeah. him up, and then he got suspended. Uh-uh. Peterson wasn't with the Eagles when that happened. That he, was, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That was, was. last off season. 
Was it? Yeah, it was the off season that just passed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the Eagles were tied to him. And, but you're but a couple years ago, no, you're not wrong. He was kind of on the radar, but I don't know how serious that was back well, then. Well, he was suspended for twenty one for betting, right? Last off season. Uh, I think it was no. Nah. Nah. Se- this was the first season he was, he was suspended. It was this really? season? Yeah. Right. He he had some. He sat out of football last year. So no, it wasn't. No, he was, he, it was two years no, ago. No, so last year, no, last year he he said I need time away, and he just left the team. That was last year. No, nah, man, I think it I'm was the last you. year Peterson was with the Eagles that they tried to get it him. It wasn't. It was last year. I could, he, all right, I could be wrong. He sat out last year and said, I need team time away. Then during the offseason, they discovered he while he was away, he bet on the team. He bet on football and then got suspended. Don't, don't fucking, you know, listen. You look it up. Today, Junior. Look it up. I Look it up. I remember, man. Remember addicts? Remember? I love that one. <laughs> so stupid. Gotta love uh, South Park. <clears throat> uh, so while you're looking that up, KJ Osborne. No, it's not my son. Not Ozzy Osborne's son. KJ Osborne and the Minnesota Vikings saved a man from a burning car this week. He pulled him out and discovered it's Freddy Krueger. So. Uh, so you're back. Yeah, I'm your new boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> Tina. Fuck, it won't come up. Oh, why? I don't know. Fuck. I know why, because it ain't true. No, because Calvin really, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> Calvin really wasn't on the radar when Peterson was here. He was still on his rookie contract. They weren't going to. Well, it, was, it was last year they were looking at Calvin Ridley, and then they, he sat out and was like, oh, something's wrong here. How was it last year? No, that wasn't last year because that's the year they, tra- they traded for A.J. Brown. Yeah. They tra- no, that was they traded for A.J. Brown this offseason because yeah. they couldn't get Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley got, was suspended. Uh, you might, okay, you might, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just, you know. What did you just say? He just called me a jive turkey. No. Jive turkey. No, he did not. He, uh. Oh, you cocksucker. Oh, well, where's m- Mike and Ryan? Well, that's much more accept- acceptable. It's much more acceptable. I'll take it. Jim Boheim is out. Jim Boheim is out at Syracuse. Yeah. No more, 40, legend. no for, more legends left. 47 years as a coach for Syracuse basketball. Gone. 47 fucking years. 47, man. I was three years old. Damn. I was three. Nineteen seventy five. That's a long time to be a head coach, man. And uh yeah, just stepped away. They, they had a bad they had a bad season. Uh after one game after a presser, he was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do and then announced that he's leaving the team. He's done. So uh you should see pictures of him when he was hired. He looks like uh like, look up any member of Saturday Night Live in the 70s with the big gla- Coke bottle glasses. That's what he looked like. It was funny, man. Serpico. Yeah, yeah, he looked at Serpico. Yeah. And then uh, my last Why You're Junk story for the evening. I found this today. NASA is mon- heavily monitoring an asteroid. Now, think about the many times you've heard this. You're like, ah, whatever. But this one, like, 
this thing apparently is huge. And they're expecting it to hit Earth uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day of 2046. What is today's, what are we, 2023? So, dude, like, I'm hoping for an early retirement. I'm looking to, like, retire before then. How can they look at something from 23 fucking years from now? I don't know. Like, they couldn't keep the fucking shuttle in the fucking air, but they're worried about something's going to happen 23 years from now. What shuttle would that be? The Challenger. Challenger. What's NASA stand for, Gary? You know, seven astronauts. Sure does. It sure does. You know what they said after that? We lost the team. As all the body parts are flying from the oh. sky. I love my guys. I love my, <laughs> I love my guys. I love my little dudes. <laughs> Got mixed in with the mud. And the dirt, the dirt stinks. Yeah, it stinks. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> I think we're, we're reaching now. I think we're reaching. That's fine. There it is. There it is. Um, it's, I think that's all I had. This fire smells like alcohol, Marlboro cigarettes. This man smells like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh, four shots of Everclear alcohol, and regret. <laughs> stupid, stupid laugh what track. What the fuck? What? <laughs> That's it. This show's over. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, man. You can't uh, even crash a fucking shuttle. <laughs> I get no respect from this show. 23 years. 23 years we're going to get hit by an asteroid, man. Yeah. Uh, that would suck. On Valentine's Day. I'll be fucking 73. Nah, you ain't going to make it. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. I'm just looking out for you. You, ain't <laughs> you know. You ain't going to make it. I ain't making it. Hey, you're embarrassing yourself, you geriatric fuck! All right. So, first and foremost, uh, we want to graciously thank... Um, Mr. Jason Martinez for joining the show tonight. He was, uh, he's a dude. He said it anytime you text me, I'm in. And it's the truth, man. Anytime. He, he's, yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah, in. he don't ever tell us no. No, no, he doesn't. Unlike uh, Pete Rose's girlfriends. Um, <clears throat> they didn't tell him no. No, they don't, they don't tell him Pete Rose no. He just, right. They told, I mean, they told him that. She said she was 18, Your Honor. Yeah. That's right. But Mr. Rose, she's only 12. I need my fault. She said she was 18. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> That's why I love this great state of Kentucky. Hit a single one for a triple. Oh. Is it his fault? Oh. That's why I had to dig it down in the dugout. He's like, old enough to pee, old enough for me. That's Pete Rose style. Yeah, she's crawling. She's in the right position. Already. <laughs> Let me see how far I can stick this uh, bat. Dave Peterson said, good night. Oh, boy. Good night, guys. Have a great week. See you guys next Friday. Keep the beer on ice. (laughs) And our sports teams on fire. Dude, I love that. Keep keep the beer on ice and our sports teams on fire. That's amazing. Uh, Jay Jay said, the the world could not end sooner if Stinkfoot removes his shoes. (laughs) At the same time, Sean. Um, so next week, again, we're going to be live. St. Paddy's Day from the Relief Room. Follow him on Twitter at the Relief Room. Just look it up, at the Relief Room. 
that is going to be an awesome show. Uh, most of us actually are tune you, in, are talk you to a picture, take a shit. Are you joining? Are you joining us at the watching college basketball? I don't know. So Sunday selection Sunday. So we're going to be, we're going to be uh, watching the uh, college uh, basketball uh, opening round, um, and then we're going to head over to relief room and do the show. And we're going to be it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess, but it's going to be a good time. We're going to have calls. I'll 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 relieve. I'll, I'll tell you some of the guests. Uh, no, I won't. No, I won't. No, tune Just, in. Tune in or lose out. We have some great Phillies relief pitchers calling in to the show. And then again. Thank you, Jason Martinez. Check him out. Stick to Hockey Podcast and Aji's that he does the show with uh, Harry Mays. Aji's. Aji's. It's a great show. And uh, yeah, Gary and I say uh, say see ya. See ya. Uh, what, what was it again? A B C ya. A B C C ya. A B C ya. Get out of your ball bags. <laughs>